Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. After Sun surprised many pundits by picking up an Oscar nomination for Best Actor and doing even better at the BAFTAs. Three nominations, including outstanding debut for writer-director Charlotte Wells. I love you. Love you. Well, that's because not many of these pundits had seen After Sun when it was nominated. It's a little gem with two dynamite leads and more than one puzzle at its heart that only come clearer when you think about it later. Charlotte Wells, congratulations on a wonderful movie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have you been surprised at how well it's been doing worldwide? I counted up 155 nominations and 59 wins, according to Google. Um, yes, I I have been surprised. I don't think any of us really saw this coming, saw the film having the reach that it's had, but it's uh, certainly nothing to complain about. On the surface, After Sun seems uh, simplicity itself. It's 11-year-old Sophie going on holiday with her father, Callum. So who are they? Who are Sophie and Callum? Sophie and Callum are um, father and daughter. Sophie's 11. Callum is 30, about to turn 31 on this holiday. They don't live together, so this is treasure time that they are spending on holiday, which we learn they do every year, go on holiday together. And uh, they are close. From the moment that we see them, we see his broken arm resting on her on the bus as they travel from the airport to the hotel late at night. And it is a warm and loving relationship. It seems an idyllic holiday, but there's a a slight sense that there's a bit of pressure, particularly on Callum. I mean, can you explain that at all? Yeah, I mean, over the course of the film, it is gradually revealed (laughs) um, that Callum is struggling privately in a way that he goes to great lengths to protect Sophie from. You know, the actual details of this are, well, they don't all come out, but they come out in sort of smaller doses throughout the film. But it took me a while to notice another thing, though anyone under 25 would have spotted it immediately. No cell phones. There are no cell phones at all on this uh, on this holiday. It's true. The uh, the film is told unobtrusively, but definitively from the point of view, or at least the overarching point of view of Sophie as an adult 20 years later. So she is reflecting upon this week, this last holiday that she spent with her dad in the late 1990s, where they were joyously cell phone free. And you save up the revelation of whose memory it is, Sophie's memory, as you say, until nearly the end of the movie. That's a long way to discover this, isn't it? It is, but it's interesting because I think different people perceive that at different points in the film. And that's been one of the most interesting parts of sharing the film with audiences is seeing how people's individual experiences that they have with family, with life, shape their perception of it. And certainly it was our intention that that perspective does build over the course of the film, that it builds through these 
recurring rave sequences that we see uh, so that when you discover at the end that it is in fact Sophie is an adult watching these tapes, it isn't necessarily a gotcha moment, but something we've been slowly building towards that it feels in some sense inevitable. The pair of them are so loving and so likeable and all that sort of stuff. And yet, for me at any rate, there seemed a faint feeling of not dread exactly, but a bit nervousness. The fact that it was all a bit too good to be true. And I kept thinking, I hope something ghastly doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> was that a deliberate thing? Because as I say, it, it felt a little too good to be true sometimes for the first half of the movie at any rate. Yeah, I think that speaks to this idea that when you reflect upon a moment, a memory that is straightforwardly one emotion, say that emotion is joy, is complicated with this new lens that you have, this mm. separation of time, whether it's 10 days, 10 months, 10 years, 20 years, as is the case here. And so moments are complicated by that. They, they are seen from two perspectives. They're seen from within the the simplicity of the moment and the complexity of being reflected upon many years later. And I think it brings a, a feeling that I think at times feels like dread because perhaps adult Sophie... She knows what's coming. She knows there is a, an imminent loss in a certain way, but certainly complicates the feeling in the moment. People in the audience, I think, are so used now, whenever they see a young girl like Sophie, particularly a delightful young girl, she's 11 years old and she's clearly, you know, adores her father. But we're so used to the idea that something terrible is going to happen. And I was watching Sophie all the time thinking, oh, no, don't get into trouble. Whereas, in fact, I should have been perhaps looking at Callum, the one whose life seems to be about to fall into disarray in some way. Yeah, it's tricky. We were definitely aware of that through every stage from writing to production to post-production, the expectations the audiences might be bringing based on other films and other media and that sense that an 11-year-old is somehow inherently at, at risk or the ubiquity of the deadbeat dad on screen mm. who is absent or estranged and he's absent from her life in the sense that they don't live together but but again it was important to me to represent a father who was great at being a father like that's something that Callum finds a real sense of purpose in and strength in and I think they give each other something that they don't get elsewhere and that's what makes that relationship so special to each of them that they're the best versions of themselves when the other is around. Obviously, casting in this was, was absolutely critical. How, how early in the pre-production did you discover Paul, Paul Mescal, who's up for all the awards at the moment? He certainly is. Um, we cast Paul, we, we, we made final casting decisions, I think, around March, and we began to shoot in May, so a couple of months ahead of time. But it had been a long process, and we started with Sophie. It was a six-month process to find Sophie, which we knew would be true, and I worked with Lucy Party. My casting director, who has an extraordinary talent at finding discoveries, uh, especially children who have never performed before, and that's how we found Frankie. She really was a hard-won discovery, had this talent she had no idea she possessed, had never acted before, not even in a school play. Now, this is Frankie Corio, and I would have thought that actually your time, the time would have been very tight to be able to find somebody who is the specific age that she is. You clearly only had a few months to be able to find that right person. Yeah, well, we had a good six months, I think, in the end to cast. So it was a good amount of time. But I think what was interesting over the course of casting was 
finding that 11 really is this precipice between childhood and adolescence. But the same was true of, of Callum. We realized that we were looking for somebody occupying this middle ground between one stage of life and another, of leaving young adulthood and and entering a more serious stage of life, I suppose, in into his 30s. And that was tricky too, is finding somebody who looked younger than they were in Callum, who was closer to 30. And in Paul, we ended up casting down a little bit because Paul wasn't that age. He was 25 when we were shooting. Had you seen him in anything before? I mean, he was famously in Normal People, which was the great lockdown hit of the COVID era in some respects, wasn't it? Yeah, of course, that's that's where I knew him from alongside, I think, just about everybody else and uh, had the opportunity to meet. We had an amazing conversation. He was committed right away to the role and to the character and was so thoughtful and prepared and made it clear that he would be a great partner. And that's always what I'm looking for, collaborators who can make the work better, who are, are willing to be pushed and to push and together to realize the the best version of the project. And that's certainly what I found in Paul. He was tremendous to work with. He's also an excellent actor, always striving to be better. And I think he has a really interesting physicality too, the way that he moves, the way that he occupies space. He felt right in so many ways. I mean, I thought the same thing in a way about Frankie Corio playing Sophie, where there was something about her ease with older kids. She hangs out with sort of some of the teenagers and you think, oh no, this is where it's going to go wrong. But it doesn't. It goes really right. Everybody is, everyone behaves so well. Yeah, they're they're a good group of kids. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, I, I don't know, I was interested in, in portraying something that felt somewhat authentic to my experience that wasn't punctuated by excessive drama just for the sake of making a film where the drama and the tension really relates to people's in internal state of mind and internal conflicts. That's the kind of conflict that I'm interested in as a writer and as a filmmaker. And it's hard sometimes to communicate on screen and it requires walking a knife edge of subtlety sometimes not to fall too dangerously onto either side. I have to ask about the title. Why is it called After Sun? After Sun is, yeah, intriguing. I'm not sure if, if this is also true for you, but certainly in the UK, After Sun is the lotion that you apply after burning mm. your skin inevitably as soon as you step into the sun. <laughs> and that was just the title. It was in reference to the lotion and it was always After Sun. And I find that titles either come easily or never at all. And it was always after Sun, and it's been intriguing to hear people's interpretations of why it might be an appropriate title. But for me, it just always was, and my collaborators seemed convinced enough to allow it to go forward. The thing about Callum's struggle and the way that it's portrayed in the film and the way that it is to some degree held at arm's length in the film is mm. that because this is a recollection, this is Sophie looking back, there's a sense in which the scenes in which Callum is alone are, are imagined, you know, or, or Sophie filling in the gap with information acquired through time, with a loss acquired through time. Certainly for me, this is the, the last time that they spent together. And, and so she doesn't have full access to Callum. And it is about the fact that parents remain unknowable to some degree. And I think Paul speaks really nicely also to the fact that Callum doesn't fully understand what's going on. He knows that he succumbs at times to these feelings of intense desperation, but can't necessarily articulate why. 
and uh and and that's you know a central part to the film there are no easy answers when it comes to crises of mental health and there are no easy answers here that ending is it's the happiest and most unhappy ending at the same time you know the the farewell at the airport is just devastating i thought yes it is it is it's a farewell and it is her letting him go to some degree but i think it's also about the love that endures and what he gave her and what can transcend loss. I have to ask if this is the era of the small, perfectly formed feature film. I'm looking down the list of the Oscars and the BAFTAs, and there's an awful lot of really low-budget films tucked away in there behind the Tom Cruise spectaculars and things like that, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's a real mix. I mean, certainly... It's also a time where two hundred million dollar films are mm. kind of in the in the same spaces. But you know, it's it's great to know that audiences are willing to show up for films that are produced with less money than that, and that audiences have been willing to show up for this. Uh, I'm looking to continue to use film as a means of genuine, you know, artistic expression, and I'm not sure what's next, but I know that. It will be a process of discovery when I finally have the space and time to face that blank page once again. Wish we could escape for longer. Me too. Writer-director Charlotte Wells, her debut feature, After Sun, nominated for three BAFTAs and one Oscar this year, comes out next week. I can't recommend it highly enough. The performances of Paul Mescal and 11-year-old Frankie Corio will knock your socks off, I promise you. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.